Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 205 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Jacob, I know I like to do a little preamble, a little chitty chat with you this morning, but... I feel like we got to jump in because, we man, have, things are getting real serious out there. Yeah, we uh, we once again have to go jump into this topic again. It seems I know. And again, I want to say, people, like, we are here to entertain. And, you know, we pick the books and the movies. But I don't know. Maybe Auntie Shell's given a little bit of a lecture, too, also included. I can't help well, myself. Well, we're, we're trying to help you learn and <laughs> teach as well. You know, as well as bring the yucks. So, you know, go with everything. Yeah. Right? I'm never trying to yuck anyone's yum. But every now and then, that's just what I got to do. So, um, as we all know, heat waves in the U.S., wildfires in Europe, floods in Asia this summer is wild and has shown us that the climate crisis has made extreme weather just a part of everyday life. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. We're all having fun with it. Uh, I mean, Hurricane Ian obliterated communities in Florida. That's been really terrible to watch. The storm slammed into Florida as just a furious Category 4 hurricane. Um, it'll be a couple weeks by the time this airs. And days later, some of the residents of island communities, they're just cut off from the mainland. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands of people are without power, and many Floridians have found themselves homeless. So Hurricane Ian is the deadliest storm in the state since 1935, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, the har- this is Florida. It's not like storms are a rare occurrence down there. It exactly. The so time. that shows you how extreme this was. I mean, the hardest hit areas have been described as resembling a war zone. And if you've seen any pictures, that's exactly what it looks like. It's just like raised to the ground. And if you've ever been to Florida and something is described as looking like a war zone, you know it's got to be bad because it is just bonkers down there. (laughs) I guess so. Um, California wells are running dry right now because the drought has depleted all of the groundwater. Good Um, times. A tornado touched down in northern Arizona last week while around Phoenix. Dust storms caused downed power lines, fire. I mean, they cut power to thousands. There's a U.S. heat wave on the West Coast. Temperatures were above like 110 degrees Fahrenheit during the summer. 100 million Americans across the country suffered another heat wave. Floods ravaged Kentucky, Missouri. Nebraska has the Sand Hills wildfire. And then... The one I have to talk about, the historic floods in Pakistan that mm-hmm. were caused by a heavier-than-normal monsoon season have killed at least 1,500 people and has affected at least 30 million people, including by it destroyed their homes, it cut off entire villages from help, and now authorities are struggling to keep this lake that's there from overflowing, which will potentially displace thousands more. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just so incredibly terrible. A third of that country is underwater, and they're not sure it will ever not be underwater. Right. But, you know, I guess on the plus side, it's a natural occurrence. It's not man-made at all. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully nice it'll just joke. go ahead and end He's for being sarcastic there, in case you don't know. Um, this earlier heat wave that had also hit Pakistan reached India, too, where there's a severe drought that struck a lot of that land. It really reduced their food exports. Um, I mean, guys, mafia 
pits are being found in Lake Mead because the water is receding so much that they're finding dead bodies and cars and stuff. Isn't in, that just wild? That is nuts. And also, y'all been drinking that water. I'm just saying there's dead bodies in I it. know. It's. I mean, I think we're all probably getting some of that. But And then heat waves in Europe and China has a heat wave and a drought. So there's have been crazy rainfall and floods and mudslides in South Africa that are killing people. So, okay. So why? <laughs> why is this happening? Why? So rising temperatures create these circumstances for more frequent and more intense heat waves. And then this prolonged heat causes more frequent and more intense droughts and wildfires. And then as it gets warmer from all of that, Mm -hmm. more water evaporates from the oceans, leading to more moisture in the air and then heavier rainfall. And that brings floods and that bring mudslides. Don't, so don't forget about the part where the increased, uh, you know, rainfall and stuff kind of desalinizes the oceans a little bit, which changes the currents, which changes the weather patterns between the United States and Europe, which changes the heat that goes down to the Caribbean, which creates harder storms. I mean, that's a it's lot of connected. stuff, guys. Earth science, this eighth grade stuff we're doing here. And so, what we always like to mention is that it's just we all have to acknowledge as a team, as a society, that. Um, These are our failures for stopping this. And that while we are failing at a lot of this, we can still fix it. That's right. It is possible. It is in our own hands. This is our thing. But we have to recognize the failure of our systems. We don't stand a chance. I am wearing my pristine white uh, galoshes uh, here as we're (laughs) to deal with this storm because I'm taking it very seriously. You would look good in those. Thank you. I I I try. So this is where Jacob and I, when things get a little rough and tough, we turn to film, Mm -hmm. especially disaster films. Um, It's practice, man. We got to know what's coming. We got (laughs) to have an idea about what we're going to do. So what makes cinematic depictions of disaster so compelling? Uh, well, you know, there you go. The If you want to be a Siskel and Ebert answer, you're like the human drama inherent. And then we have the hero complex coming up. But I think it's just kind of I think part of it, unfortunately, is we want to see people like people get into horrible situations and some get away. Some don't. I think it's that we like. Well, when they're done right, it's that we love that uneasy dance mm-hmm. between plausibility and fantasy and that we like watching it from the safety of our seats. Oh, like absolutely. Horrible things are happening to characters and we kind of feel that spine tingling excitement thinking like, yeah, that could totally happen. But you're also reassured. Because we know that in this moment, like, we are safe. So I don't know what it feels like when disasters are unfolding in real life. Maybe these on-screen versions really become unbearable for people. Um, I don't know. It's like a thing I don't want to have to learn. No, and I'm sure if you've been in these situations, you're not really a big fan of, you know, having to watch them on screen. But, you know, for everybody else, it's, like, harrowing to think about, like, yeah, this stuff happens just randomly. You don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah, and it's this is, like, the disaster film is one of cinema's oldest genres. So there Mm -hmm. were films about Pompeii and burning buildings from the absolute earliest days of movies. One of the first narrative short films is Edwin Porter's Life of an American Fireman from 1903. Nice. So people have always been kind of fascinated with this. 1903, um, like making a bucket line or something is basically what that would be, right? Like, I don't even know what fire yeah, it was in the 1900s. <gasps> Oof. I know, that is funny. Yeah, it's funny to think about, like, oh, good, good luck, guys. God bless you. <laughs> and I mean, maybe people are really drawn to it because film is at least this one art form that can really do proper justice to this sort of spectacle. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't recreate this on stage 
and reading about it does not have the same effect as and, watching it. And not, let's be honest, even if you are in the situation, like you, what are you really going to be able to see? Like if you're in like a flood or something, you're just going to see a big wall of water coming at you and then you're going to be going in the opposite direction. So it's like even if you're in that scenario, you're not really seeing what it's <laughs> well, like. I don't know if it's for those people. They're like, I'm not getting the full view after I get well, washed away. I, I definitely want to watch it. Well, movie. I mean, like in general, it's like even if you're in it, you're just you don't. It's an, a view you wouldn't get otherwise unless it was a movie because, you know, you're too busy panicking or running or well, climbing up trees yes, or stuff yes. like that. So it, it gives you an idea, like a full 360 view of the situation. I guess so. So today we are going to look back on some of our favorite disaster movies over the year, mm-hmm. um, even though it definitely it all hits different now. Yeah. You can't deny that. Um, if you, Michelle, I'm sure, goes a little more serious. I'll go with some of the goofier ones. But I do have some ground rules, so we'll see if Jacob followed them. Um, for the most part, I think so I So we excluded movies that are creature features or mm-hmm. alien invasion. Yep. So no Independence Day, no Godzilla. Nope. Um, None we excluded of them. superhero movies. Yep. No which Superman. Was made okay. very explicit to me <laughs> in the pre-show chat. Or Tales of the Supernatural. Yep. We're not no gonna bring go- those in. No ghosts. Don't okay. ghosts. We also skipped films that were mostly about the aftermath of a disaster instead of the disaster itself. So no, The Gray or Castaway. Yeah. No. Uh, no Mad Maxes. None of that kind of stuff. Okay. Great. So this might sound like a lot of caveats, but the list is still pretty thorough and ro- wide-ranging. I would say yeah, a lot of these films. Yeah. A lot of them. And so I still managed to fit some shockingly stupid ones in here. So it, <laughs> That's it, my boy. Yeah, it's a good time. It's going to be a good time for everybody. I need you. You are the levity that is needed <laughs> in my life. I can get a little too weighed down. Well, that's what I'm here for. I know. I, I got to come loosen you up every once in a while. So Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> okay, so I am going to start with a film that I loved. It is called The Wave. Oh, okay. That was actually on my list, too. So we, oh, we're, was it? We're, we're in the same minds there. So this Norwegian thriller outdoes, I would say, most American disaster movies with the suspense and spectacle that's in it. It shows what happens when an entire mountain mm-hmm. collapses into a fjord, triggering a tsunami that promises to just ravage this kind of quiet uh, coastal town in like... 10 minutes. Yeah. It's like, it, I'm going to eat you up. Uh, hint, guys, uh, it's not good. It's <laughs> not good at all. It's not a good thing. So our hero, the geologist who first warned of this imminent collapse, of course, this dude, he now has to save his family, including his wife and son, who are trapped underwater in a hotel. But what actually happens within those 10 minutes and afterwards, too, I mean... It might kind of seem far-fetched, but it doesn't really deter the director. I mean, he depicts the events with such, like, just, like, immediacy and white-knuckle tension that you're kind of too busy trying to not die of a heart attack while you're watching it to yeah. wonder if it's totally plausible. Yeah, the, this movie, it's like, once it starts, it's like, oh, yeah, that, that water's coming, man. It ain't slowing down. Like, we don't, we might have been in the middle of some exposition, but that does not matter because there is water in this way. <laughs> yes, and it is angry. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. The, the, it's a it's a great film. I think it gets bonus points because it doesn't go down the usual route um, of following, like, a whole huge cast of characters. Oh, like, no. it focuses on one family. Um, and it's kind of like, it can be like an unusually tender disaster flick because you feel genuinely invested in these people. And the wave in this movie looks they, freaking the, amazing. They, that thing looks cool, man. That was yeah. like the thing. I, I actually saw this movie the first time. It was like the night before uh, the New York Marathon. And I okay. was just like sitting there like, I'm going to relax and then go to bed early. And then I started watching this movie and then that wave hit. And I'm like, oh, oh great. I'm, I'm going to be up late watching now. this thing now. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so fantastic. It's like, yeah, the like idea of like floods and like these tidal wave kind of deals. No, thank you, man. There is like literally nothing you can do. 
You, you can go hide all you want. That water is just going to annihilate it's anything rough. that it's it is. It's like you got to get up, 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 something yeah. real tall. And but then you hope that that water just kind of doesn't keep coming up after you, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so what do you have? All right, so I decided I was inspired by this week's uh, episode of Lord of the Rings, The Ring of Power, when it okay. came to my disaster movie. Uh, I went with the 1997 classic Volcano, <laughs> starring Tommy Lee Jones, Anne Heche, and Don Cheadle. Do I you never remember? saw it. Oh, oh man. <laughs> you are missing out, man. <laughs> so this movie, uh, it's about Tommy Lee Jones, who is like the head of... Uh, disaster uh, preparedness for LA. So basically, if there's an accident or a like a huge disaster, this is the guy that basically gets to run the city. And wouldn't you know it, there's an unknown volcano just sitting right below the La Brea tar pits wow. in LA that just so happens to decide to erupt on this day. No. Yeah. Oh, and it causes havoc, and it is fantastic. <laughs> I would imagine I could see a volcano erupting causing some light havoc. Yeah, it, it causes some problems for everybody. So basically, this is one of those uh, disaster movies where they have, like, they introduce you to a bunch of diverse people at the beginning, and you're like, oh, here's this guy. Like, hey, Tommy Lee Jones, how you doing? It's like, this guy, and all that <laughs> kind of stuff at the beginning. And then we get to summarily watch half of these people die pretty horrible gruesome deaths via volcano uh john carroll lynch uh one of our favorites from uh from films that dude has a particularly memorable lava death that like you see it and you're like that is just that is fantastic right there um it's interesting too not really related so much to disaster but this is like a don Cheadle role where he's supposed to be like a minor like three scene character and every time he's on there, you're like, well, that guy's going to be a big-time star. Like, okay, no... so this is just pre-Don Cheadle being a big star? Yeah, it's like okay. right before that it's going to happen. And you're like, oh, this guy, he seems like he's going to be somebody. Um, but, yeah, we got lava coming down. We got volcanoes. Um, we got, like, these lava bombs flying around everywhere. We have your typical late 90s um, mes- um, ham-handed messages about equality and racial uh Harmony in L.A. Because, you know, we have a racist cop because it's L.A. You got to have that in the late 90s. Of course. Um, It's just such a cool, stupid little movie. It's it's like 97 minutes. You're in and out of there right quick. Personally, in the battle of the uh, volcano movies, this was my favorite compared to Dante's Peak, which also has its moments. You know, people getting uh, boiled alive in hot tubs, it'll always get me interested. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, Volcano, if you're looking for just a dumb old time, get some. you don't see many Volcano movies If you're looking for days, a so. Jacob movie, see yeah. Volcano. Yeah, if you want to see Tommy Lee Jones just running around screaming at people, it's you're, your you're in a good time. You go, go check it out, everyone. Okay, so I will say right off the bat, I was not a fan of Twister when I first saw it in theaters. Just oh. going to put that out there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll argue about that And later. I'm still not sure that I kind of buy the whole rom-com hijinks of Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton is divorced but still secretly in love storm chasers. Um, he, she, she just won't sign the papers. Oh, and then the supporting cast of like those amped up, wisecracking, constantly in motion people. We've got our boy uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's up I know, in here. No, but it's not it's not his best. No. They're mostly really annoying. Yeah, Everyone in this movie is mostly annoying. But the storms. Fantastic. Storms are dope. I remember I was kind of terrified of tornadoes for a bit when I first learned about them. Because you're like, what is this? But it's also really fascinating. And the film... It does capture that kind of childlike awe and obsession with what nature can inspire. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, like, oh, this is a thing that can happen. It's like a Wolfgang Peterson or 
you uh Yon Debont. It's one of those kind of movies. So there's just all kinds of cool action cinematography going on. And the storm effects really hold up even after all of these years. Surprisingly, yeah. A lot of those late nineties CGI doesn't, but this one yeah. still works. I think the director had an interesting idea, like where he kind of combined state of the art computer effects with like that next level dedication to practical real world effects. Right. Which I think always is the best choice when they do that in movies. Um, Put Make as much in real life as you can, man. That's the best way. That's how it's going to look good on screen. I guess the cast was reportedly not pleased with that at the time. I can imagine you're getting like put up on wires and getting pulled around, yes. yanked, and you know, water exactly. in your face for so you know hours a day. was it worth it? You kind of have to watch it again and decide for yourself. But all in all, like we're still watching Twister. It's still out there. All these years later, we're still checking it out. It's still a good movie, surprisingly. It was lauded as one of the best blockbuster disaster movies of its time, and it was nominated for the Oscars. I think it was like Best Sound Design and Best Visual Effects. So, you know, Twister's hanging on out there. I'm sure it was up for a couple MTV awards as well. I'm sure. As we know at the time. uh, It was a big deal. Yeah, were just more important than the Oscars (laughs) to a lot of people. Gosh, remember those days? The good old days, everyone. Oh, yeah. We're making ourselves sound old out here. All right. All right, so now we're going to go for a legit Jacob movie. Are you ready, Michelle? I mean, Volcano wasn't? Oh, boy. Let me get I, let me get prepared. I am in a magma mood uh, this time. Okay. There's a difference between lava. If you know what that is, good for you. You paid attention in school. I paid attention way after school <laughs> when I learned that, but go ahead. <laughs> so we're going with 2003's The Core, starring Hilary Swank, Aaron Eckhart, Delroy Lindo. We got the Tooch in there, Richard wow, Jenkins. this is a good cast. Yes, it is. It's a fantastic cast, which is what makes this movie fun to watch. <laughs> Do you know what the core is about, Michelle? The core of the earth? You got it. Yay! It turns out that the core of the earth has done decided to stop spinning and therefore is cooling down, and that is Uh, causing all kinds of natural disasters on the face of the earth, as you can imagine. Storms everywhere, uh, earthquakes happening. Yeah, everything bad you can imagine is starting to go down. Oh, Richard Jenkins. Come on, you're better than us. (laughs) You would think. The Tooch, come on. uh, Well, the Tooch, that's one. Him and Delroy Lindo in this movie are a treasure. Hilary Swank is one of those very talented actresses who just loves making bad movies, I, I think. I think she did this movie like right after Boys Don't Cry, and that kind of tells oh. you like why her career is where it is right Or it's now. like that was filming before Boys Don't Cry released or something where you're like, wait, no. Yeah, her agent's like, why? Why did we line it up like this? Um, so yeah, the, the core of the earth is decided to go and start cooling down and stop moving. It's just becoming a big ball of metal, which is going to end the world. But of course... They have some tech that can fix this, so they're going to put this Core whole... Core restarting tech? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Not, oh, that's not even the half of it, you see. They, <laughs> uh, luckily, Delroy Lindo has created this laser that can just melt the Earth's crust and stuff so they can go ahead and burrow down to the center of the Earth in 24 hours. What? What were they planning on doing with that laser before this? That is not important. (laughs) They don't really talk about it. (laughs) You would have to ask yourself, like, why do we need this? It's not important. This is what my tax dollars went to. (laughs) Yeah, it's very funny to watch. And they're just letting Delroy Lindo, like, work on this out in the middle of the desert. I'm like, yeah, I think the government would have a thing to say. So they're just like, hey, we're going to burrow down there. We're going to go off and blow up a couple of nukes in the middle of the earth. And then we're just going to shoot ourselves off the other side. It'll oh, be okay. fine. Don't worry. It's going to work. It sounds like a great movie. It's a lot of fun. It's <laughs> dumb as dog. You know, it's just one of these kind of movies. You're just going to sit down and be like, well, this is just impossible. But I like the idea that they're going along here. Oh, the core. Just dumb fun, man. We're, we're in the we're trying to levitate this for you guys, but yeah, go check it out. It's, yeah, it's because a, everything's terrible. Watch something that you can at least laugh. And if you want to see people die horrible, <laughs> middle-of-the-earth deaths, like, you, you got that guy crushed. Yup. Guy hit by lava. Yeah. Guy with a 
uh, big uh, crystal from a, ge- a geode in the middle of the planet landing on top of them, you better All right, believe well, don't give me too many spoilers. Sounds so good. <laughs> we, won't even, right. we won't even get into the surviving the pressure part. That We're not going to get into all of it, but Please, it's, it's, no. it's pretty great. Let's move on from that. <laughs> so two days ago, I watched a movie and then had to add it to this list. It yeah. is called Crawl. Oh, oh, I you like Crawl. Saw I saw crawl? crawl. Yeah, of course I saw Crawl. Of course you, saw you did see Crawl. Okay, so we have Kaya Scodelario. Also in uh, the new Resident Evil movie. Yeah, I mean, this Scodelario. Is, this is Scodelario? Oh, I like that better. Yeah, she's got one of those names. It's kind Scudelario. of. Up, <laughs> it's up for interpretation how you want to pronounce it. Okay, so anyway, in this film, she plays a college student and a championship swimmer who tries to check in on her headstrong father, Barry Pepper. Love Barry Pepper. As, and this might be too soon for a lot of people, but as a massive hurricane hits Florida. And the people don't evacuate when. Totally. Yes. So she ends up only, they're, they're now stuck. She's stuck with her dad in this dark, flooded basement of their old family home. But why are they trapped there, you wonder? Hmm. Because two giant alligators got in the storm drain and are chilling in this flooding basement. Fantastic. It, <laughs> it is like a family psychodrama and a killer gator flick and a disaster movie all rolled up into one. You tell me killer gators. I am saying, yeah, I got 90 minutes for you. No problem. I mean, the, those the, kill, these are some killer gators, guys. They're like serial killer gators. They, you know, they like, they're taking people out randomly and stuff. It's great. <laughs> so the director, uh, Alexander Aja, is kind of an expert at those tight, austere horror films. Like really builds tension. Alex Aja, he did the uh, Hills Have Eyes and Evil Dead remakes. So yes. Guy, this guy knows what he's doing. There's some ruthless efficiency mm-hmm. there. Oh, yeah. But I will say Crawl doesn't really feel cheaper opportunistic. No, it doesn't actually. It, like it could have been. It could have been just a yes, stupid exploitive flick. It could have, and it's like pretty good. We become unusually attached to the survival of this young woman and her dad. Like you're really rooting for them, but they don't really let them off easy. Mm-hmm. It was kind of dumped into theaters last year, I think, or the year before. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like a like right at COVID or right before COVID, yeah. kind of like so streaming. So it just it got totally release. lost. But I'm gonna say it deserves greater attention. I enjoyed this movie. It, like this a, is not a masterpiece, but I was like, I'm I'm in it. Yeah, it's but a man, lot of, those were some bloodthirsty gators. They they could not get enough of eating people. They could not. Yums yums. <laughs> like they were wild. I like the idea they're like, Oh, the flood's coming. It's our time to shine, baby. <laughs> it's our time. Like we had that human a couple years ago and now we are all But there's about just it. so many they're moments. Setting traps and the alligators are setting traps. I mean, people. they were really smart. But I will say there are films where I'm like, I don't I don't know. I think I would try to survive, or I think I could do this. And I watched that, and I was like, "I'm dead." Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to I find alligators. I don't think I can swim in that water, knowing there's these alligators. But all in all, crawl is definitely worth checking out. It truly yeah. is. Learn what. Get some uh, ideas for inevitable gator fights coming up in the future. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. you, you know it's coming. Okay. <laughs> all right. So the next one, we're gonna go with 2015. You know, I had to get my boy The Rock in here, oh, so we're <laughs> we're going with San Andreas, starring Dwayne Johnson, Carla Gugino, Alex Daddario, dude whose name I'm not even gonna try to pronounce. I don't and, even know who these people are, so it's fine. Well, you know The Rock. He was yes, a professional I know wrestler. The Rock. And, and of course, the great. 
Paul Giamatti running around here. We got oh Paul. We get panicky Paul Giamatti too. Oh, that's my favorite. It's <laughs> a lot of energy. This is former wrestling name panicky Paul Giamatti. Uh, but yeah, basically uh, the biggest earthquake ever decides it's going to hit on the San Andreas Fault, which of course starts basically making parts of California fall off into the ocean and all of the awesome landmarks. That you expect to see destroyed in a disaster movie, they all get erect. All that time, The Rock has to go save his daughter, who is maybe 10 years younger than him. I don't really know the age mm. difference, but it is not believable that he's her dad. Nope. Um, because he's a helicopter rescue pilot. So when we get some fun helicopter save um, things, it's a lot of CGI going on in this movie. Shocking. And I mean, even the trailer, I was like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. If you imagine in your head what you think a... Uh, uh, earthquake movie starring The Rock is going to be, you, you pretty much got it. You, you, you nailed it. Uh, the Golden Gate Bridge getting destroyed, of course. Those big, uh, like that record building in Los Angeles, you better believe that coming down. <laughs> Hoover Dam, uh, you, don't, you don't stand a chance, my friend. So, like, all that good stuff is we got ourselves some floods, we got fallen buildings, there's fires going on. It's a lot of dumb fun. I think there's actually a sequel in the works. I don't know how you would make a sequel to an earthquake movie, but they're like, eh. This... Another earthquake. It's like the, uh, you remember Tropic Thunder? Those uh, stupid Ben Stiller uh, trailer movies yeah. at the beginning? It's basically what The Rock's career is a lot of the time I mean, now. it really is. It's just like, oh, Not a huge fan. Like, it's in time for another shakedown. <laughs> 2023. Uh, but yeah, go check it out, everyone. San Andreas, it's a good, dumb fun. Okay. You'll like it. I'll think about that. Um, I have to mention an amazing film, The Impossible. Oh, that's a brutal movie. That is brutal, but it's also, it's just amazing. So this is in December of 2004. There's this close-knit family. We have Maria, played by Naomi Watts, Henry, her husband, who's played by Ewan McGregor, and their three young sons, which is the first time I saw a little Tom Holland and was oh, like, yeah, this kid's going to go places. That's right. Tom Holland is in that movie. I yeah. forgot that. So they begin their winter vacation in Thailand, but the day after Christmas, this idyllic holiday turns into an incomprehensible nightmare when there's just this terrifying roar that rises from the depths of the sea, and the people are just like laying on this beach like, what's happening? And then it is just followed by a wall of black water that devours every single thing mm -hmm. in its path. First of all, if you hear a roar coming from the water, I'm thinking Godzilla. I'm running the other way. I don't know why these folks are just like, whatever Well, could it's it like be? you see beforehand, if you're not paying attention, but the water just all gets sucked mm -hmm. out. That's when you start getting up. Though, So Marie and her family are facing their darkest hour, and it's really their story of survival and these unexpe unexpected displays of kindness from other people and courage. And in case people don't know this, this is the true story mm -hmm. of Maria Ballon and Enrique Alvarez, the couple who inspired this film. Because in 2004, that Indian Ocean tsunami, the they were a part of that. It is considered the deadliest tsunami in history. Yeah, I remember, I remember when that happened. That was like a big oh. news story. That's some awesome footage. Like, well. Terrible, you know, terrible, terribly but awesome. awesome yes, footage. this two hundred foot wave nope. is what greeted these people. It wiped out entire towns and it killed over two hundred thousand people across fourteen countries. Mm -hmm. That's that's some that's some big work done by that tidal wave, guys. Like you... I became obsessed with tsunamis when I was young. I like read something about it and was just like, wait, I can't. Like my brain can't understand. Like how can a wave ever get? 
that big and read a lot about it. And I mean, I think about them probably too much now. Yeah, well, but yeah, yeah, that's really horrifying. Hope, hopefully, we don't have to deal with that here. Never say never, but let's hope. I mean, that never say never. At you this ever point. see Lake Erie suck itself up for a little bit? Like back away, everyone. Well, like, it wouldn't become. I mean, I think it would be more our East Coast. It wouldn't be our lake, but it well, could never, be the ocean. Never say There's, never. There are structures and mountains in the water that they've said if giant pieces break off and hit the water, that would be enough of a you know pressure of a splash to cause a tsunami so yeah so keep keep an eye on it everybody it you know it's i know it's really scary it's like shudder about that man we're running out of time my friend give us give us give us some quick hitters here uh 2011 contagion too soon i know but yeah moving on don't want to talk about it uh 1974's the towering inferno the paul newman steve mcqueen classic that's another great movie that gee i love them i never saw that writing it down oh you never saw towering inferno no. Oh, yeah, it's basically a grand opening of a new skyscraper, and the, wouldn't you know the thing starts on fire, and everybody's trapped at the top floor. Is it a natural disaster that causes the fire? It's kind of like a engineering kind of thing, but it's still the kind of same idea of we're I'll stuck in this situation. It. I wouldn't normally accept it, but uh, I'll accept it. You get the funny visual of O.J. Simpson being a security guard, which that is doesn't pretty doesn't sound great. super funny. Go on. Uh, seeking a friend for the end of the world. Basically, everybody finds out there's a comet that's going to hit the Earth in like a week and there's nothing we can do about it so it's people learning to deal with the fact that all life is about to end and the one that I know Michelle was going to veto Moonfall from 2022 when the moon I didn't even see that terrible when the moon decided to attack the earth that's all I'm going to say boy is this movie bad but they got some good earth destroying effects in this film I've heard some terrible things about it all all are correct I'm going to quickly just mention two last ones I think so many people are familiar with the Poseidon Adventure great that is I mean it's a great another tsunami that capsizes um, this luxury passenger liner and then I mean we've got Gene Hackman I legit I just watched that movie like four days ago. Oh, did you? Stars. Yeah, it's still really good. I saw that when I was like a kid. Didn't ex- it was like kid watch and you're like, oh, this movie's going to be boring because it's old. And, then and the it's not. Fantastic. And I think what makes it so special is that they kind of transform this giant boat, this modern marvel of engineering into a terrifying, deadly obstacle course, mm-hmm. which is why it works for kids and adults alike that you're like, this is still dope. And then a movie we talked about a lot but have to mention is Don't Look Up, of the Adam McKay's apocalyptic dark comedy. Um, it is not the first comet headed towards Earth movie Mm-mm. ever created, but it really speaks directly to our current society, I'll just say. Yeah, Um, it's a little on the nose at times. Yeah, it's terrifying and hilarious, maybe a little hopeful. Um, You can get some laugh cry out of this movie, but it's definitely worth checking out. If you haven't, all right, my good sir, we made it to this, another depressing episode. Why don't you plug us up? So if you want to learn more about natural disasters and, you know, possible scenarios for the end of the world that's going to upcome, uh, you come down to your local library. We got uh, 37 locations all throughout Erie County, so stop on by at any of them and they'll be able to help you out. Don't forget to visit our website at www.buffalolib.org. See what kind of programs and stuff we got coming up. And don't forget to visit us on Twitter at allbookedupod and let us us know what your disaster film is today. Jacob, did you know that the largest earthquake ever recorded anywhere in the world occurred in 1960 in Chile? It was a whopping 9.5. 
on oh. the magnitude scale. Well, that ain't good. No, the resulting tsunami caused damage over 9,000 miles away on the California coast. Gee, I, I'm, I'm surprised we didn't hear more about that. It must have been like in a random un, uh, secluded area or something. That, like... Well, I mean, maybe it's just because 1960 and it just hasn't oh, held up true. as much. But um, floods are the most widespread natural disaster aside from wildfires. Mm-hmm. So that you, you know, in case Some you wanted to, to, <laughs> to like, graph yeah, it. Up. Um, 90% of all U.S. natural disasters declared by the president involve some sort of flooding. Um, okay, that makes sense. Did you know that the world's biggest tidal wave occurred in Latuya Bay, Alaska? Nailed it. And was over 1,720 feet tall. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, that is 500 feet taller than the Empire State Building. Did that wash up in Calgary? Where the heck did that water? I don't even at? know. I, I don't. I was like, I don't want to know more information about this. And again, let me end it on a low note, as I like to do. Between 1980 and 2021, mm-hmm. the U.S. has seen 310 weather and climate disasters. The combined cost of these 310 disasters has cost more than 200. Sorry, two. trillion dollars that money could go to some green energy to changing it up we got to change our whole society but until then let's just get our hands together kumbaya and then take it from there go watch the core everyone and just like relax (laughs) you know fiddle as the world burns as they say so they say all right thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time bye